From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Friday, December 15th, 2017, and this is the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Thousands of Christians are joining the movement that allows them to care for one another for their health care, sharing needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants. The Samaritan Ministries direct sharing model is a biblical approach to paying for health care based on passages like Galatians 6.2, which says to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Nearly a quarter of a million Christians have chosen a healthcare option that adheres to their biblical beliefs and brings together believers in community. Through Samaritan Ministries, members send financial gifts every month directly to another member with a medical need. Samaritan members pray for one another for all aspects of members' needs and encourage one another by also sending notes and cards. Currently at SamaritanMinistries.org, one-person memberships start at $100 a month, two-person memberships start at $200, and three and more uh, person memberships are starting at $250. Find out more at SamaritanMinistries.org. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, and joining me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Happy holidays. Uh, our managing editor, Andre Henry. Yo. Over there in the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. In the shadows, not on the mic, is his boss, Nathan Grubbs. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. I think I think this is uh this might be the last week that it's just all the dudes. Yeah. Finally. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking <laughs> at Chandler's long, boss. The long dry spell is over. The the boys of summer is finally over in late December. <laughs> yeah, it's, Can been, I just a, say it's something? been a long, arduous summer for all of us. Yeah. We're happy to see it come to an end. Yeah. <laughs> We've read your tweets. We've read your comments. We hear you. Yeah. I feel like people have been patient with us, but yeah, it's 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 more than time for, for the yes. boys of we, summer to come it, to Nathan an Nathan was just wondering if, because Jesse has a girl's name and I have a girl's name, if we could get away with it, mm-hmm. but the answer is clearly <laughs> really? and emphatically no. It's a hard no. It's a hard no. Hey, can, can I? I'm gonna I'm gonna use this awkward opportunity for a plug real quick. Oh, uh, speaking of sports? strong female uh, media personalities, <laughs> download this week's this relevant week's is doing a sports, sports podcast, podcast for an interview with uh, ESPN star Sam Ponder. She's gonna be on the show. You got Sam so, Ponder? That's a shameless plug, but I'm just gonna throw it in there. I'm you know what my least there. favorite thing about Sam Ponder is? What? My least favorite thing. She's this wonderful, outspoken Christian, you know, sportscaster, like proud of her. NFL she repre- she host, represents yeah. the faith well. That she was on his show. And no, not the- my least favorite thing about Sam Ponder, she married an FSU Seminole, Christian mm-hmm. Ponder. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, why? Well, that's, 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 yeah. She's, that's why did she marry be- him? I guess like I love. guess love or something. I don't know. It <laughs> feels like you, Florida so State. So you're saying though. that you can love someone from Florida State? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it's possible, but yeah. Yeah. apparently yeah. that's what you talked to her about. Yeah, a big yeah. IJM supporter, uh, uh, Ben Watson, went to Georgia, and I'm like, I don't know how to reconcile my love for you <laughs> and my disdain for all that you stood for in college. But I guess I'll just go with thanking you. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like I, I watch stuff like that, and I really do. Like, oh, you're you're th- one of them. Yeah. Like yeah, it was like years later in their oh, life. Yeah. If they're amazing people. It's then, like old blood feud. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't imagine. So uh, coming up on the show, we have a great show uh, in store for you today. Coming up later, Anthony Anderson, the star of Blackish, oh. joins us. Yay. You know, oh. just 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 a little guy. 
Yeah, there we go. Maybe, maybe, maybe you heard of him. And maybe maybe you've heard of the Golden Globes, which he was just nominated for a bunch of. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's pretty awesome. Uh, he also uh, is on the current cover of Relevant. He, we did a cover story with him. Uh, what you'll hear on the show today is uh, part of that conversation, um, but a little bit more. So The question, of course, that just is in the air that we can't answer is, was it because of making the cover of Relevant that he got nominated for a Golden Globe, or was it for his excellent work on the show? It's a tough call. It is a tough It's really one of those unknowable things. Right? I've been seeing commercials for uh, the show uh, with the daughter going off to college, Grownish, and and it follows Mm -hmm. her almost like a different world, you know, like spun off of the Cosby show. Not almost, like exactly like Like a different world spun off the Cosby show. And it follows her at college and it's called Grownish. And uh, the parents make appearances. It's totally, oh, yeah, yeah I love that. totally just an extension of the show. A Different World was great. Oh, it's like my favorite. Such a good show. I always yeah. wanted his his glasses. And right. I, you're Dwayne, halfway there. Dwayne Wade? Oh, yeah. 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 You're pretty close. Well, now I am. Yeah, yeah with these spectacles you've got on. I actually have a, a clip-on thing. Oh, yeah. Him, but that's pretty cool. I can't I was going to say, up. you've always wanted his glasses. Can't wrong me honest. That's a pretty obtainable thing. Like, I'm pretty sure you can <laughs> All just right, cool. buy Send me a cool link. Uh, where do you down. buy them? I don't know where you get those. Dwayne, what is his name? Dwayne Wade, is it? No, no Dwayne, that's Wayne. 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 Dwayne Wayne. Yeah, Dwayne, Wayne. Right. Dwayne, Dwayne Wayne. Dwayne Wayne. Dwayne Wayne. There it is. It was D Wade. Yeah. <laughs> D Wayne. Uh, and D-Wayne. also, after that, you're going to meet uh, one of our new editorial staff members, Leslie Cruz. She's going to join us for a game Yo. called Santa Maybe, not yeah. Santa Baby. Oh, that's clever. Mm. Santa Maybe. Shout out to editorial. That's right. Fully staffed (laughs) editorial crew, finally. That's right. uh, Tyler Daswick made an appearance on the show last week. Uh, Just joined us from Men's Health. He's very ripped. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Leslie Cruz just joined us. I kind of feel like I haven't told Tyler Daz this yet, and I'm sure it violates oh, a lot of HR stuff. I feel like I need to fight him to prove him. Yeah. I, I feel like at the Christmas party, I'm going to pick a fight. You just with have him. this is, feeling like you just need to like attack him. There's a pretty. Big I feel alpha. like I need to physic. I feel like I need to like yeah. physically overpower him. He works for Men's Health. Like his, he was dedicated <laughs> professionally to like uncover the mysteries of Men's Health, and I, I don't think. I'm like a, a you know a, a paragon of health, and so if I can best someone physically who's been years studying this, then I feel pretty good about my own physical well-being. You know, I, That's sometimes all I wonder why people on Twitter tell us we need a female cast member. Like, it's, really? It's, and in moments like this, <laughs> right. we're we reminded. Talk, we're we I don't about think a female ca- cast member would disagree that <laughs> it's just medical science that if you can physically overpower a healthy person, that means you are healthier than them. Right. That's I mean, that's generally. Gen- camera gender has nothing to do with that's this. All that's just good science. Right. Also, do you know uh, his new nickname around the office? Jesse, have you heard it yet? No. New no. and better Jesse. They call new him that. <laughs> Jesse, he doesn't quite have a ring, but everybody calls well, him that. Well, this will correct that. Me physically this overpowering him making a big scene will, at the Christmas party He would will smoke you. That. I mean, anything. He he probably he's would, younger and faster dirty. and funnier. Hey, it's everything we wished you were. No, but but he's not dirtier than me. Yeah. I would go down. I'd be like, "Hey, Tyler, before we start this fight, seriously, I, I mean, I need to tie my shoes. I want to be safe here." And that's why I grab sand from the ground and go, "Ah!" Throw his eyes, and that's when the fight begins. And because sh- because I got to tell you, Eddie, yeah. the brain is part of the body, right? And I'm using mine, and yeah. I'm going to take every advantage I yeah. can. It's going to be a dirty throw. I feel like you were talking before a wrestling match, like th- that. The cadence you just had right. sounds like someone's actually interviewing. Oh yeah, this is old this. Muhammad Ali. Just, <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Well, I'm uh, the like priest. I said, it's I'll just show science. you how great I am. Last night I murdered a rock, <laughs> injured a stone, <laughs> hospitalized a brick. Is- I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Yeah. That's oh. good. That's good. That's amazing. That, that is actually one of his speeches. Is it really? Yes, it is actually one of that is I'm actually so mean. I make medicine sick. Yes, in, in his um, he it goes, was a press conference that he said all he was oh. going, just went on like that. He had to have, right. He thought about it all beforehand. Like yeah. it was all shtick. He was ready. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're moving the show along. It's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for in case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it this week, this is incredible. Josh Harris, the uh, author of I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Oh, here yeah. we go. Much to the disdain of many a youth group, Christian youth group kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was right in the epicenter of that. I was like. I I had, I had just passed it. Like, yeah. I was just past it yeah. where I was like, what? Man, that's a thing. And, like, Eddie, yeah. did you kiss dating goodbye or was dating an option at no, the time? No, no, no. Were you just like. Yeah, I was. Yeah, dating kind of kiss you, me you're goodbye. like, I'm not dating yeah. mom and dad. I read this great book. That's why. Just lay off. That's why I don't have any dates. Yeah, I was pretty involved in chorus. <laughs> so, I basically so you had a lot of activities. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot of full me. social calendar. I had a a tailored cummerbund through all of high school, so I'd say dating wasn't really tailored. Much. Yeah, well, yeah, you got to make it look perfect for your shows. I thought wait, 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 every cummerbund I've ever done was from a rental tuxedo you know, shop. We owned ours, and then they fitted us, and they were perfectly like so they were individually made for us. Why? What is, what Why is not the, just have the one with the elastic? Yeah, on the back? because yeah. the elastic one starts to get loose when you're doing dance moves. You got to be able. Chorus to, did not do dance moves. Oh no! Whoa. Yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Is there a video of this? I mean, I'm, I, I mean, there must be. I will tell you, I don't own it, but certainly in the world it exists. Is it in your dad's basement with the hair, the jar of hair? Oh boy! For those wow. of you that don't know what we're talking about, I'm not going to get into it. But someone <laughs> just tweet what episode that was on. I had a weird childhood that included some VHSs of uh, Eddie's cummerbund dancing next to the jar of hair. <laughs> this is a real question. I understand like the functionality of most clothing items. Like suspenders make sense. Right. You got to hold the pants up. Right. Like right. A, 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 you know, belt, a handkerchief. Right. I, I get it all. They all have some functional purpose. Right. What is the purpose of a cummerbund? Hiding it doesn't snacks. hold the pants up. Uh, you know, the pleats go up, right? I think it's to catch the crumbs. It, it, well, yeah, and it doesn't help because if you are like a, you know, a fat high schooler, it's like, here's the fat part, and now it's, <laughs> it's covered, it's covered <laughs> with teal sparkles. There's yeah, the here's fat a part big right ribbon there. for it. There it is. Let's take the part of the body you're most self-conscious about and put a giant ribbon on let's it. Let's just highlight it. <laughs> I just highlight over that whole area. Stare at that while he's dancing. Don't try to cover it up with a three-button jacket. Well, don't, nice don't, don't you think back in the day it was probably some extension of like the corset or a t- yes. tightening? I'm you know? sure there is some. But why sort of... would they wear it on the outside? That makes no sense. Well, again, to catch the crumbs. I think cummerbunds are going to make <laughs> a comeback, though, right? Don't all like tuxedo things kind of come it's full a twi- circle? I think it's a 20 year cycle on fashion. Okay, uh, tuxedos kind of been since the uh, you know 13, 1400s, mm-hmm. 1500s. I don't know. Well, I hope it makes a comeback because somewhere in my dad's basement is a beautifully ta- tailored sparkly cummerbund. Wow. So, so it's a thing that, you know, some women are like, oh, look, I can get into my wedding dress still. So mm-hmm. the goal for you and your in your adult fitness is that one day you'll be able to fit back into your uh, cummerbund. In cumber. Yeah, I think that is probably the saddest, truest goal. That, <laughs> you know, someday. <laughs> it's like Oprah's size let me, 10 let me, jeans. Yeah. You got it on. Yeah, yeah. I would say go talk to Tyler Daswick, who is a former <laughs> editor at Men's Health. But yeah. as you know, I'm about to physically best him. Yeah. So my my advice is superior than his. Yeah. So I will, I will ask new so better catch, Jesse. Catch no. him while there's morale 
those up is what Jesse's saying. Right. Have them yeah, tell exactly. me about micronutrients and stuff like that. And then, yeah, and then, I, I, my, my, my fitness is very old school. You know, no. I mean, it's, 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 you drink a, a, a massive quantity of milk, eat whole, steak whole and then like and move our, tires around the backyard. Yeah, and it's, two yeah. raw eggs cracked into a, into a glass. Yeah. And all you wear <laughs> is sweatsuits all the time. Oh, yeah. Like that's kind of, those are the keys to fitness, eggs, sweatsuits and hauling tires. So Josh Harris, so Josh Harris this week, in case you missed it, gave a TEDx talk about what he got wrong. In the book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. The talk was titled Strong Enough to Be Wrong, and it looks at the complicated legacy of the book, which sold more than a million copies, all to youth group kids or their parents, I guess, and uh, why he now believes it was so problematic. He said, um, 20 years ago, I wrote a best-selling book about dating that I'm now realizing misguided and even hurt some people. I'm hoping that my experience of listening to my critics and reevaluating my conclusions will inspire others to see that progress and growth always involves the humbling process of admitting mistakes. Here's a clip. My eyes have really been open in the last few years to see some, some fundamental problems in the book that I wrote. You know, I didn't leave room for the idea that dating could be a healthy way of learning what you're looking for in a, in a long-term relationship, that it could be a part of growing personally. Uh, I made that the focus. I, I gave the impression that uh, there was really one formula that you could follow. And if you followed that, then you would be happily married, God would bless you, and you'd have a great sex life and marriage. And obviously, the real world doesn't, doesn't work that way. One interesting thing he kind of concedes early on in that TED Talk, <laughs> when, when he wrote I Kiss Dating Goodbye, he was 21 years old. Right. What? <laughs> he, he, yeah. And he says he was homeschooled right. all his life at that point, and he had been in one relationship. Ever. Yeah, the age thing and doesn't like, doesn't shock me. Like, I just heard, I heard just her channel go, what? And I was yeah. like... Yeah, the age thing isn't so much, but it's the one relationship thing that really yeah. makes me go, huh? Well, why is he qualified? Like, even if he's in 10 relationships, what makes him qualified? And that's what he's sort of conceding now, that he wasn't qualified to, to dictate this advice that's going to have a major influence on a whole generation of evangelicals. Like, it, it, you know, it's almost reckless right. to, yeah. to, to, to an extent. I do. I just feel like I want to just tell him, like, it's done. You've done enough. You did, you were unrelevant. You did a thing. You did the TED talk. Like you were 21 years old yeah. and you wrote a... And we've all kind of moved on. A book that we all kind of were down with at the time. And then we all progressed together. Right. And now yeah. it's all done. It's like, it's cool, man. You're like a, yeah. you're like a grown person. But now. you got to think like he... I mean, clearly it, it came through to me during that TED talk. Like it, there's this like yeah. almost a blanket of shame that he's I, wearing. Which and I... Yeah. Remorse. I and like, I hope I didn't hurt anyone. It was like... But I agree with you. It's yeah. like, hey, dude, that was like... 15 years ago, 20 yeah. years ago, we're all, yeah. we're okay now. I just listened to a yeah. sermon I gave like six years ago and was like, I don't believe. That's that the is, blanket of shame I'm seeing on you. That is yeah. all over it. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, I preached a bad sermon. I used to wear a glittery cumberbund. It's a big <laughs> I was, I was. I still can't live it down. <laughs> yeah, I was at that service. I remember the cumberbund. Not and good. I forgive you. Yeah. And now <laughs> it's done. Yeah. Six years ago, we it's moved done. on. Yeah, it's not yeah. like all and, things. And, and must I remember be the heresy. I remember the heresy very well. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it set me on a yeah. deep, dark course. Yeah. yeah. Soon it, thereafter. It wrecked a lot of lives, but you know what? <laughs> I don't hold any regrets. <laughs> I'm, I do what I do. Next. Hey, uh, in case you missed it, Sufjan Stevens released a new song this week about Tanya Harding called. <laughs> sure. Yes. Tanya Harding. Took a lot of thought on that title. The song isn't associated with uh, Margot Robbie's uh, new biopic of the disgraced Olympian, though Sufjan did offer it to the studio to be used in I, Tanya. 
In an essay in the, on the Asthmatic Kitty uh, website, which is the label he runs, uh, he explained his fascination with the athlete. He said, she was a reality TV star before such a thing even existed, but she was also simply uncategorical. America's sweetheart with a dark twist. Tanya shines bright in the pantheon of American history simply because she never stopped trying her hardest. She fought classism, sexism, physical abuse, and public rebuke to become an in- incomparable American legend. Here is part of the song. that he can literally write about anything and even something super unimportant like, and like, like Illinois yeah and I can still tap my yeah. foot to it feel like I'm <laughs> kind of into that yeah. how awkward was the conversation between him and the studio there like hey guys guess what I know you didn't ask for it I just wrote a great song for this biopic that's coming out and there's Nah, no, I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah, we're Just go pass. ahead and, and release that there. We're, we're okay. Thanks, though. <laughs> we Thanks. don't know if it quite fits the movie. You're like, it's literally a movie about Tanya Harding. Like, <laughs> and this is the only song about yeah. Tanya Harding. And there's no the subplot to it. We know exactly what she did. Everybody knows how this movie goes. <laughs> and like, it, it, I'm not talking metaphorically. This is not, I'm literally talking about triple axles and <laughs> stuff. Really this is, is literally about Tanya Harding. <laughs> I say the words <laughs> Tanya Harding <laughs> in a song. I actually say the word skating. Like, it's about her. <laughs> so, here you go. No, you know, I think we're fine. We're fine. And the movie, let me just, the movie is about Tanya Harding. It, it, yeah. It's my gift. It's my gift. And they're just, and, and it's not a song. It's a metaphor. It's not like we all feel like Tanya Harding. It's just a biographical three and a half minutes about her it's, life. It's a, it's a song version of the film. What do you say? You know what? what? do you say? We're, we're going in a different direction. We got, Dan, we got Danny Elfman to score the whole thing. We're good. Thanks. Oh my God. Hey, in case you missed it, Carson Wentz uh, shared his faith after suffering a season an ending knee injury oh, on Sunday. The Philadelphia Eagles quarterback uh, helped lead his team to another victory. But late in the game, the 24 year old was hit by multiple defensive players while attempting to dive into the end zone. Oh. He came up uh, limping badly and x-rays later would confirm that he torn his ACL ending his season. Uh, considering that he was largely considered a leading MVP candidate, the announcement was devastating to the team. However, Following the confirmation of the ACL tear, Wentz took to social media with a short emotional clip and shared his faith to his fans. Here, here it is. Obviously, it's been a rough, rough day for me um, personally. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, I have a ton of faith in the in the Lord and and in His plan. But at the end of the day, it's still been a tough one. You know, and it will be tough on me for a little bit. But um, as I just kind of reflect tonight, uh, I just know I know the Lord's working through it. You know, I know Jesus has a plan through it. I know he's trying to grow me in something, teach me something, use me somehow, some way. Um, this will just be a great testimony um, as I go forward. You know, maybe not all of you out there are Christians or, or followers of Jesus, um, but I can say with 100% confidence as, as a follower of Jesus, um, I have the utmost confidence in his plan. His plan is perfect. Uh, you know, if life was, if we if we got everything we wanted in life, it would be a disaster. You know, I know Jesus is is up there looking down and, and he knows what he's doing. He He's, uh, he is such an outspoken Christian. He even like preaches at his church and we've been following it all year as sort of a revival has broken out on the Eagles where like players have been baptizing each other oh, and yeah. leading locker room prayer groups and pre Burton. He's the only activist. He talks about God the whole time. Like he's just yeah. a committed 
Christian. There's like a lot of really, it's a very faithful team. My, my, my least favorite thing about them, uh, the ones that went to FSU. I just, I yeah, can't, it's really hard. I can't get <laughs> Yeah. Trey went to Florida so we can love yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, but it is cool. I mean, most players, especially the Eagles arguably are the Super Bowl favorite at this point, especially after the Patriots. Not lost, anymore. Lost. Yeah. Well, exactly. And that's what I'm saying for him to come out the next day right. and with, with a, with a, it is, I could imagine he'd want to lay low for a little bit and just be like, okay, this is, this is devastating. This is my chance to actually, the, maybe the only time in my career where I'm going to be at the point. I mean, hopefully he has, other, but football is tough, you know, and you know, that he's on a team that could win the Super Bowl and to, to see it, uh, you know, at the end of the season, for hit for his year to end, he didn't want to just lay low for a couple of days. I think it's pretty admirable to come out and talk about faith a day after you get the diagnosis. You know, all I could think of is how to work in the phrase "back from whence you came" into that conversation. Because of Carson Wentz, yeah, yeah, I couldn't figure it out. That's in yeah. poor taste, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't pull it. I mean, sometimes the jokes are too good and it just shuts down. The fire's too hot. You know, I, I knew something was going on. You were too quiet. You were yeah. like trying. You were <laughs> trying to. Uh, the gears really, were turning. Yeah, yeah. you could it was, see the smoke. It was thing. like you were Muhammad Ali, like pre-planned. All your phrasing, <laughs> yeah, like back from whence you came, like, back from whence you came. When will Jesse change this to first person so I can say that? Oh, he didn't. Well, we're out. I'm so sick. I heal medicine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold on. Wait. What? <laughs> hey, in case you missed it, Kristen Wig this week attempted to heal America by singing Hallelujah. Oh, very funny. And totally botched it. Uh, Wig was a guest on the Late Late Show, and she and James Corden announced that they would sing a duet of Eddie's favorite song <sighs> in an attempt to unite. A very divided America. As you can hear, things didn't go as planned. Here's a clip. Stop the music. Stop the music. Stop the music. Stop the music. Nothing happened with the doves. No, nothing happened with the doves. (laughs) Nothing happened with the doves. What's wrong? You you pronounced hallelujah wrong. I I don't think I did. You you know, you did. You really did. And where's the dove? We lost the doves. Have we lost the doves? Have you got the... We've got... Okay, got the dove. No? Okay. That's the doves. Don't, don't, Don't be embarrassed. Do you know how to pronounce hallelujah? Yes, of course. I know how to pronounce that word. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. That one. (laughs) Yep. She is still like her her little shtick, which is very singular, never gets old for me. I think yeah. she is so funny. Yeah, she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Eddie, I thought of you when they did this uh, the other night because I know how you loathe the moment where oh, yeah. people sing this song as, oh. as try to, to bring some sort of, uh, you know, yeah. healing yeah. or peace. Oh. But you think it just played out. Did you really just enjoy them mocking the, the, the entire construct of that concept? I did. There was like, it was like a, a pop culture acknowledgement that this is that song in the zeitgeist and we we can make fun of it now. I thought it was very good. Very I, uh, good. You know, what I thought was really moving was that um, in the team meeting after Carson Wentz went down with the ACL injury, that the entire team broke yeah. out in this song spontaneously. It was really, <laughs> really beautiful. beautiful. Power. beautiful. Power. There's nothing more beautiful than a football team singing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's like at the old. It's like at an old school evangelical <laughs> worship service where they're like, now just the just yeah. the yeah. men. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. lift your name on high. Oh, More of you. That's precisely why. That's basically been the podcast for the last yeah, seven months. That's what yeah. the problem is. It's it's half the choir <laughs> singing poorly, waiting for the beautiful, wonderful, the uplifting part of the Where is Shauna? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lord, I love um, to sing your praise. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, in case you missed it, this week, uh, version revealed the most popular verses of 2017. It's let's, song, take it's, it's, let's take a guess. Let's take a guess before oh, you Song of Solomon. It, though. <laughs> it's teenagers looking up Song of Solomon. Verses. Song of Solomon about climbing the coconut trees and gra- grabbing the coconuts. Yeah, that was my guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Bible app has been downloaded nearly 300 million times and has released data on which individual verses were most uh, frequently shared, bookmarked, and highlighted. Interestingly, this year, the most popular verse in America differed from the most popular verses globally. Oh. Gee, in American Christianity being different than global Christianity. What a shocker. Around the world, Joshua 1.9 was, uh, was most popular. It says, uh, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That was good. That's a great one. Can't joke um, about yeah. that. Great uh, appropriate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well Globally, done. especially in the U S however, <laughs> Romans eight twenty eight was the most popular verse. And it says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That's really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next slices. Listening to Calvin Harris. Song is Faking It, featuring Kelani and Lil Yachty. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Coast Modern with Dive. This week's slices segment is brought to you by Squarespace. Building a site with Squarespace is easy. Uh, whether you need a landing page, beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating your site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse, all with no plugins. And uh, if you sign up for a year of Squarespace, they make adding a domain to your site simple. They include it for free. I have heard of podcast listeners to this podcast that have started small businesses that are now fairly successful because they started with Squarespace and all the commerce and design and everything was so easy. Yeah, they uh, one of the things that's been my favorite over the last couple of years, they added uh, powerful commerce tools where you can set up an online store and they have all the inventory and yeah. custom labels and all that stuff all included with your Squarespace the, site. It's the back end stuff that makes it like they just do a great job of making it really easy to do that. And they have great 24-7 customer support. So even if you have crazy questions like Joy used to, <laughs> yeah. they will yeah. help you get everything set up and running. They are really even good. even questions about let's say men's physical fitness and health investing <laughs> someone who's younger and more knowledgeable you can ask them because they're there I can't say they'll have the answer but it's twenty four seven they can handle almost <laughs> he uses it as that chat therapy yeah. uh, thing yeah. 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 Jesse yeah. has said I mean, on many occasions that Squarespace help is his only friend <laughs> helped him through some tough times right. Uh, hey, start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, 
Oh, there's a new one. Set your website apart. I like that. That's a good yeah. one. That feels right. Remember, yeah. it used to be build it beautiful. But that's, they, we've done that. Now let's take it to the next level. Let's set it apart. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's a lot of pretty sites. Set yeah, yours you apart. Both. Beautiful and apart. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Hey, it's Cypher Slices. <laughs> we, I think we really helped them on that last little 10 seconds. <laughs> Sealed the deal. The deal. A There's a lot of people on the fence. <laughs> Squarespace.com, free trial. <laughs> I'm not sure. 24-7 support. Nope. Wait, I can set it apart and, and it's beautiful. Uh, I'm in. And they're You're like, well. we just love Relevance Podcast because yeah. they really put it together. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> hey, it's Cypher Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I have a, a, an update slice that I wanted to bring because I feel like it's a pretty significant development to a story that we learned about a while ago when Science Mike was a guest on. He informed us that um, astronomers and scientists were are really excited about this object that's blasting through the solar system right now. That's one of the only foreign objects that we've ever observed that comes from a different galaxy. Uh, you remember Mike talked about this. It was like a cigar-shaped uh, object that is shooting pretty relatively close to Earth, and it's pretty significant because we've never seen something from that far away. And he was saying that the reason why we know it's coming from somewhere else is like if our if our solar system is like you know like a like a disc, you know, it's coming the other way. It's like shooting through it. It's like yeah. coming mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. perpendicular, like oh, shooting snap. through our solar system, like and going out the other side, not like you know something uh, in our orbit. You know what I mean? I didn't want when Mike was on to bring up my own theories about this uh, because I was afraid that he was going to relentlessly mock me or that you guys would think they're just the the ravings of a, of, of a lunatic. Um, and, you know, I, I now, though, I have on my side an astrophysicist from Harvard University who has an interesting theory, and they're actually doing some some research this week about his theory. This is from uh, Avi Loeb, who, like I said, is an astrophysicist at Harvard. Maybe you heard of it. It's a credible school that doesn't employ lunatics. He believes that, this is a quote, perhaps the, uh, <laughs> he said, perhaps the aliens have a mothership that travels fast and releases baby spacecraft that freely fall into planetary systems on reconnaissance missions. In such case, we might be able to intercept a communication signal between a different spacecraft. Avi Loeb is now being, in, uh, he's working uh, with something called Breakthrough Listen, and they're actually going to do research on this, this cigar-shaped object that's blasting through this, the solar system to see if it's an alien spacecraft. Oh, no. This is way more exciting than some lame meteor from another galaxy here. I always get um, so terrified on this podcast. Like, there's always one moment where it's like, oh, the artificial intelligence is going to destroy the world with paper clips. Oh, oh yeah. Or is, it's end times prophecy is basically <laughs> what our direction is here. Yeah. So he's actually got a hundred million dollar backing from wow. a Russian billionaire who wants to help him study this thing. Uh, and Ooh. he went on, he said, the more I study this object, the more unusual it appears. And it makes me wonder whether it might be an artificial probe that was sent from an alien civilization. Leave the it, aliens alone. But it's totally probable, right? Like Voyager one and two, we sent those out. Someday they're going to hit something somewhere and someone's going to want to know what this little thing is. Who sent this? Yeah. Right. What is it? And yeah, I mean, it's and, never going to stop. I mean, unless it like hits the sun and burns up. Or that's something. right. That's right. And so why would we not think? It's not implausible. It, it's here's not. what here's 
Here's what the breakthrough, uh, the breakthrough listen. Like I said, this is a $100 million thing that has Harvard scientists working on it. And they're actually using the Green Bank Telescope, which is like the, one of the largest telescopes in the world in, in West Virginia for its investigation. So this isn't just a bunch of like people, dudes in their basement, you know, just pontificating about this might be aliens. This is people who have access to some really high tech gear that I don't think they just hand over the keys to just, just weirdos. It says that research working on long distance space transportation has I've previously suggested that a cigar or needle shape is the most uh, likely architecture for an interstellar spacecraft, since this would minimize friction and damage from interstellar gas and dust. So they're saying even the cigar shape confirms, hey, maybe this is maybe this isn't just some like I said. What in my opinion, like what Mike was getting all who knows jazzed what they're about doing. It. Like they know how to design something to send it out. Is that the implication there? Yeah, exactly. That if 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 you were to hypothetically send a, a probe into other galaxies, it would look like cigar shape. So Mike was all jazzed when Science Mike was on. He was okay, all jazzed. Jesse, I got to stop you right now. Uh, we I we crafted an Ask Science Mike button. Yeah, I was trying to reach it. I was throwing the little balls of paper. I mashed it yeah. just now. And and before you continue on with this just ridiculousness. I think we need to ask, you were referencing Science Mike McArg, and I am going to bring him on, hitting the button now. Uh, welcome to the show, Science Mike. Hey. Hey, okay. Jesse is bringing a slice right now that you were a part of a few weeks ago, and he's updating it, and I thought we might need your perspective on this uh, information he's sharing. So, Jesse, you want to catch him up? Okay, Mike, first off, have you ever heard of something called Harvard University? <laughs> well, Mike, I, you know, I remember you were on a few weeks ago and you talked about this cigar-shaped object that's blasting through our solar system. And you were pretty excited about it. And I thought it was cool. But I don't, you know, it didn't really, it didn't really like keep me up at night. I haven't been thinking about it. But that's until I learned about a, an astrophysicist from Harvard who was doing research on said Harvard. object. And, and he <laughs> believes it might be an alien probe, like a baby spacecraft that was released from a bigger spacecraft that is doing a reconnaissance mission right by our planet. Now, this has me excited about this cigar shaped object. Mike, what do you think? Is What are the odds that this cool thing that you first told us about is something way cooler than just a meteoroid, but it's aliens? Well, it's not zero, I guess, would be the most exciting way to phrase yeah. that. Um, yeah. The, the most likely explanation for this, of course, is that it's an asteroid that was ejected from another solar system via some kind of gravitational interaction, probably with a large planet uh, that it got too close to. It picked up a lot of velocity through a, the gravitational slingshot and found itself an interstellar orphan, an asteroid without a home solar system, and it just happened to intersect with ours. But we haven't gotten uh, a lot of detail or information about the composition of the object, and it would be plausible, at least, that it is a spacecraft that was launched with some velocity from another era. It could be a uh, uh, automated probe, or for we all we know, since we know literally nothing about extraterrestrial life, is it may be uh, literally a rock covered in, you know, microbial intelligent life. Um, so I, I've actually seen the study that you're talking about, and the goal here is not necessarily to look at the composition of the rock because it's moving away too quickly, but instead to focus radio telescopes on the object and listen in multiple radio frequency bands, trying to see if we can find the object communicating 
uh, you know, trying to send information to somewhere else. If we did, and this is not very likely, but if we did find that there was uh, radio waves being emitted from the object aimed somewhere in space, that would certainly warrant further investigation and make us think that perhaps instead of an asteroid, this is the first genuine UFO in but, human history. What, Mike, what makes us think that, though, we would be able to detect the way that they transmit or communicate? I mean, like, it would be like cavemen detecting microwaves. I mean, it's like... they're like, it, There's nothing universally... Is there something universal about radio waves, or is that just what we think is our best Yeah, guess? We're, we're checking for something that they're not using. Also, is, do I not understand what radio waves are? That might be a really good option, because I'm assuming you mean they're broadcasting well, like yeah, AM it just, talk. It, like the article I read said that our equipment is sensitive enough to pick up radio waves as faint as a smartphone. So if these aliens are using us, in my mind, it's like, well, unless they're using a smartphone to call back to home base, I don't know how much good it is. Hey, new phone, who dis? Blast into the <laughs> galaxy like how how do we know that that's a good way to even look at it we don't know that but it's a reasonable assumption because unless the aliens have created some kind of faster than light communication mm -hmm. which is obviously completely unfathomable or knowable from our perspective that's, physics, that's my guess we yeah. have a great understanding about electromagnetic radiation mm. and its usefulness as a communication medium we understand the behavior of different wavelengths of electromagnetic all the way from radio up to gamma radiation and what's better for long-range communication what introduces more signal or more noise versus the rest of the composition of the, the local uh, part of the universe or the universe at large um, so so radio is a reasonable guess now the chances that the craft is actually communicating with one of the frequency bands we happen to sample is relatively low but i suppose on short notice uh, an educated guess is probably as, as, as good as we can do. Uh, this object showed up with very little warning. It took us uh, some time to determine whether it was a local um, object coming from, from maybe the Kuiper Belt or the Oort Cloud. Yeah, uh, when we determined it was neither of those, there really <laughs> wasn't much time. It was moving so fast. It was already exiting the solar system by then. So I think scientists are doing the best with what they've got, and it's still very exciting. Mike, before we let you go, I do have another science question. This is kind of more of a yes or no. It just solves something for us. Let's say there are two men, and <laughs> one, of them, oh, one of them has studied about health and physio physiology for years right. and, has, and has absorbed this knowledge and has put it into his system and is, is you know, basically in phenomenal shape. Let's say that someone else who may not have this type of knowledge and may be in terrible physical health were to best him in, in a kind of basically a street fight at a Christmas party. Would that make the one who bested him actually healthier according to science? Mike, Mike, as if you couldn't pick it, Mike, as if you couldn't figure it out, there's a new guy at the office that used to work at men's health and his, his body proves it. And Jesse's feeling pretty, pretty intimidated by this. Guy. I want to prove that I'm just as healthy by picking a fight with him at the Christmas party. <laughs> From a science perspective, am I, am I kind of in the right here? No. <laughs> for, the, for the first time, Mike doesn't have. I was waiting for him to go back in early, eloquent. Early yeah. man used to prove oh, his dominance. He's disconnecting the just science, one Mike word no, I think you could prove dominance. I think you could prove maybe even uh, fitness suitability as an evolutionary fitness. Yeah. 
Um, but but just but simply the ability to engage in physical combat alone <laughs> is not a marker for overall physical health. We could certainly imagine a situation <laughs> where you had a, a, a military veteran who was right. fitness with the client, yeah. but had deep knowledge of combat and combat experience yeah, could yeah. easily best a much more fit person in hand-to-hand combat That's right. That's right. based on their knowledge and experience, not their cardiovascular fitness, not their body fat content, <laughs> not the overall amount of muscle on their bones. I'm Simply, looking at Jesse's face and he doesn't uh, believe Jesse you. Jesse is not. Although I certainly think it's possible that right. Jesse has the killer instinct. Right. Just, <laughs> and just Jesse asking the question means he's already lost because the guy out in the lobby who used to work at Men's Health? Yeah. He's not. He's not asking this question. <laughs> no, he just knows. No. Yeah, what, just, what, what I'm hearing Mike say is essentially we got to agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost exactly right. All right, oh, thanks oh, for oh. joining us, Mike, and Mike, uh, setting Jesse straight as always. Good hearing your voice, Mike. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, buddy. Bye, buddy. All right. Well, what do you have, Eddie? Solved. Yeah, solved. That's it. I, I just have two quick. Uh, kind of a twofer, both about Netflix. This is the point at the end of the year where Netflix begins to release some of their data. Of course, you never really know how many people are yeah. watching anything, but they release some of their more fun data. Well, you know, Nielsen is now monitoring it. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, that's fun. I always, as a kid, wanted to be a Nielsen house. I wanted, because I felt I like I wanted to be influential. Right, because I really wanted yeah. them to put like, on I Mickey kinda, Mouse Club more. I wanted to, like, yeah, I wanted to, like, rig it for the shows I liked. You know, right. All mm. a team and all Mickey Mouse. Club. So, so like three or four <laughs> weeks ago, I got a survey in the mail from Nielsen. Right. And it was like asking demographics information about my household. Think, yeah. And I was like, <gasps> this is the beginning. Like, but, if but don't I, they if, ask if you're work in media? No. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was just asking, like, what do you watch? And like, how many oh. people in your house? And all this kind of stuff. And it was asking, like, radio stuff and like, how do you engage media? And I was like, oh, I'm going to win because like, they're going to want me because I watch a lot of TV. You know, yeah, and then they're like, if you fill this survey out, we'll send you five dollars. Oh you know, and sure enough, I got the five dollar bill in the mail a couple of days ago. They, they sent they cash, cash in the mail. Cash in the mail, five dollars. First, they sent a dollar bill with the initial one, and oh. they said we'll send you five dollars if you finish this and send it back. Wow, mm. that's six dollars. I'm thinking, I'm like, I could be picked. <laughs> I could be picked. Yeah. Aaron six, Nielsen zero. I know, right? <laughs> well done. Thanks and, for the uh, Chick Fil A, Nielsen. But you I know what? No, no further communication. Choice. I don't think I got picked for anything. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing you don't know. They've already tapped in. You think? Oh yeah. No, you, there has to be like a device or something. No, it's they've it's been it's all outside the house. They've already you've given them all the access. That six dollars, <laughs> that was a contract. You're still oh, okay. they're, they're in it all. They know this, yeah. this conversation. Yeah. They know you're watching. Well, the valet really appreciated the the five dollars that I had on me because I never have cash. Yeah. Well, so. to that end, like almost exactly to that point. Uh, Netflix uh, in the UK said, and this is pr- really the entire slice is one line. So here's what they realized. They they said that somebody in the UK watched B-movie. You know that B-movie yeah, from yeah. a couple years yeah. ago? Yeah. Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. A couple, a couple like 20 ago. years ago. Right. All, ironically, B-movie is the first movie. I think Saudi Arabia is opening up movies for the first time, yeah. and it's the first movie they're going to show is B-movie. So there's something wow. very universally <laughs> acceptable about that movie, I guess. But, well, they, but that there's a romantic relationship between a human and an insect. That's what Saudi Arabia is going with. I'm, I'm also not sure it's Saudi Arabia. Somebody should fact no, check no, me no, on no, that. No, 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 no. It is. Okay. It is yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's the idea of like unity and working hard and individualism. No, literally, there is a romantic relationship between a human and an insect. Tell me, tell me it's what's wrong bizar- with it. It's bizarre. Um, so <laughs> they released and said that somebody in the UK watched a B movie 357 times. 
So in one house, in one streaming device, somebody played that B movie. Every day. 357 times. I can't even imagine. It comes out to 23.5 days of nonstop streaming of the B movie. I saw it once recently with my kids. It's terrible. Can't possibly rewatch it. That's the first Netflix tidbit that I have. The second, the second one is that people are kind of freaking out about a, what was supposed to be just a kind of a funny little tweet from Netflix. The tweet went like this. To the 53 people who've watched A Christmas Prince every day for the past 18 days. I saw this tweet. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Great. So clearly they listen to the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, they, know, know they know our joke. Yeah, who hurt you? Yeah. But people are freaking out because they're like, wait, no, that is, they are watching us too closely they, because they're realizing that Netflix knows that 53 people watched that movie every single day and people are winging out. They're like, to the Netflix who, employee who recently watched 1984, it's not an instruction manual. Somebody replied to Netflix oh, and people went on and great. on. And people Ooh. are saying that they basically have like broken the rule of thumb that you just don't like, you don't reveal your, they're calling it surveillance capitalism. Like, we all know you know everything we're doing. We know that yeah. I watch first 10 minutes of every documentary I should and then get totally bored and go back to Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, we know, like, I know that they know that, right? But the, net, but the, the idea is, like, that nobody, everybody's freaking out because they just don't want to believe that Netflix is actually doing that, whereas clearly they know that somebody watched B-Movie 357 times, that, that 53 people watched that movie every single day. Like, they're watching everything, but everybody wigged out. And yeah. I, I'm curious, does it freak you out? Because it does not freak me out. I assume they no. know everything. Yeah, I assume that they would know how many people are watching stuff on their platform. Right. Yeah. And where they stop I mean, in the show, where they, like, what's... Oh, they know that much? Oh, they oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, because they talk about their, people are starting I to write for I what I just said. I'm totally freaked out now. <laughs> no, they're saying that writers are starting to write differently for Netflix because Netflix will release, like, to writers of their shows, they will release, like, here's the part of your show where you lost your audience. And so they're starting to write what? differently to yeah. keep people oh, in for I, the whole I mean, show, which is why shows like House of Cards, which was basically like written for Netflix, because you really can't ever let go of that show mid-episode. You never know the arc. It never really ends. It just kind of like they're clearly writing so that you have to watch every single second of it. But um, I don't know. Surveillance capitalism. I'm totally yeah, fine but, with it. But, but, but it's what, watching it's right what now. we do in internet media all the time anyway. I mean, we know exactly how many people read every single piece. We know how many people are reading or on our site at any time where those people are, where they're reading from. Where they came and we from. craft headlines and, and story ideas based on that data. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising that another yeah. platform is doing it. I mean, it's the logical thing, you know. But the people, the, the fact that people freaked out, I'm like, did you think they weren't paying attention to that? Did you think they were just like, oh, yeah, well, well, he I signed mean, up. That's all the information They're literally like making licensing deals based on having the most popular content that people want. So they're going to be looking at what are people engaging in not, and they're going to yeah. see like, oh, nobody's watching this movie, so let's drop it and get... Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Of course they're looking at the data. Yeah, it's, it's not like they know like your name and social security number. Like, uh, yeah, they you know, know your username. Yeah, but they yeah. don't know. they don't know like... They your know your account card. information. They could connect it. Okay, so they can get down. They can pinpoint it down to like the individual. Like Andre Henry, yeah, stop watching this show. Yeah, at, yeah. your yeah. IP. You logged in. 
to You're watch right. this. This is the scariest show on the internet. Yeah, right. it's true. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you log in, you know, it knows exactly where you started and stopped your last thing. I mean, well, it, looks, you it knows your entire history, and, and so, so do does every watching? other website that you visit. I mean, that's just the way of the world. I mean, it shouldn't be. I mean, maybe it is surprising to some people that, you know, don't work in or don't have experience in digital media, but everything you do online is tracked somewhere and that data is extremely valuable. You know, uh, I mean, that's just how. Okay. So, like, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to pay for Facebook. Like, Facebook is free. Facebook isn't free. There's an exchange that takes place, but it isn't monetary. The exchange is you reveal to them your behavior and your preferences, and they have that data, which is very valuable to marketers and that's the same thing with anything that uh, on the internet that's just, just just how the business model works you know i did not know that i didn't know that they could get that granular with it that is kind of scary well that's the whole thing when you log in do you like based on what we know you're watching you would like this stuff too wow you know rec- you recommended for andre right and that a whole line on the screen yeah. Yeah. Until my kids get on there and somebody watches. I mean, you've talked about this before. It's like the worst. all they recommend now is Thomas. I'm like, we watch Thomas <laughs> one time. I, I, I set up Cohen's own user and 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 purged mine. So yeah. mine's pretty clean now because yeah. he knows to only use his because he'll get in trouble. Otherwise. Daddy, daddy cries because he watches the B movie <laughs> one time and everything's messed up. He was when he was in the UK for a year. All he did was watch B movie. It was like a super weird year for Con. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> aliens are coming. Everybody's watching you. Next slice. Right, what do you have, Andre? <laughs> Mine is not scary at all. Sweet. I'll tell you. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> We're going to make it scary. Hollywood producer Devon Franklin is producing a show about a real-life crime-fighting pastor. Uh, okay. What? Right. A, well, that's scary. Yes. a real-life crime, crime-fighting pastor named uh, Calvin Kressel. Oh. He was, he was a Baptist minister in L.A., okay. and, and he was also a secret federal agent. No oh, way. My. Yeah, seriously. A secret federal agent? So yeah. he was like... On the air, on airplanes, like riding back and forth. That's, that's an air marshal. Now, that's the thing. Yeah, is like, great point. there's not a whole lot of information <laughs> about what he actually did. That's what I'm saying. In any of these articles, and I'm figuring that they can't tell us, right? Like it's probably classified information. That's right. my guess. That's right. Right. But I just think it's like really cool that first off, this is a real guy. He was yeah. an actual pastor, and he was also a federal agent, like doing secret cool federal agent stuff. Yes. And they're producing a show about it. It's going to be on NBC. We had a we had yes. an article in the last issue uh, about kind of God's spies, and it was uh, talking about how uh, over the years the uh, missionaries who were like uh, infiltrating, you know, uh, China or North Korea to bring Bibles and smuggle Bibles into those areas, that the government started identifying those missionaries and reaching out to them to also like work on the government's behalf Ooh. as spies to take other intel or oh. get intel with the Bible smuggling wow. and, and how that creates a pretty major ethical dilemma for, you know, these ministers who are having to lie and do covert operations oh. under the guise of the good news. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says don't lie and Ooh. they're lying. Mm. And uh, we did this piece on, on it in the last issue of Relevant. So it's kind yeah. of the same thing. Ooh. So I yeah. wonder how deep the, the government secret tentacles go into the church. Mm. Yeah, because That's... the dangerous thing there is like this pastor who you're talking about, Andre, I think his outreach was to gangs in Compton. 
And yeah. so like if you're reaching out, but you're also a federal agent, obviously that's going, if that ever got exposed, yeah. then your, your whole ministry is discredited. And same thing with, uh, you know, these ministries that have gone into North Korea that get pinged by the State Department to covertly spy for them. I mean, it's a it's a morally and ethically complex issue, yeah. but there certainly are repercussions. But I mean, but even like biblically, you look at Rahab got involved with spies and Indeed. she lied, you know, but I mean, that that story's about spies and that she helped hide and that, you know, lied. But like I said, it's a morally and ethically complex issue, but it, it is interesting. Yeah. The Old Testament especially is full of stories like that, where people like are in compromising situations where they have to decide, like, what is the ethical thing to do? What is the right thing to do to be faithful to God. And I hope that they do that on the show, like that they actually go into some that, of that. That's, that a, that's a rich area for uh, good. That's good drama right yeah. there. Yeah. You find out yeah. things as a pastor that, and you have a pretty broad umbrella of what you ever would have to report. Like you can know a lot of stuff that you don't have to like report. But like what? I mean, you've uh, the statute of limitations is over now. You haven't been a pastor <laughs> no, for a while. Like, like personal stuff. Like, so if he's give meeting us, with give someone's us the most, the gossipiest, <laughs> give us the best secret city. Give us the best. But like, see if we can guess but like who if he was. was working with a gang and the gang, like he found out from somebody in a gang that like a murder happened, like something or, was happening, like or about he probably to has to report that, but he doesn't like it, it. You're pretty well protected under like pastoral like privilege, you know, because you have always heard those stories about like somebody said it to a priest in confession and the priest never said anything and they weren't arrested because, you know, it's it's a pretty loose interpretation of what they actually have to report, what they have a duty to report. But it's got to be weird as a federal agent. Yeah, if you're on the payroll. Right, because you're just like, now well, you this, have the knowledge. This yeah. intersection of me coming in as a pastor and them speaking to me as a pastor is. I wonder if his role, if it was more like the wire, and like if they, oh, they yes. kind of have him infiltrate the gangs to figure out the power structure, who's doing what, so they could mafia style mm-hmm. almost like kind of have have eyes inside the organizations or something. I hope he's secretly like Jason Bourne or something on yes. this show. I've so always, you're seeing superhero kind of super agent. I'm seeing just like a guy who wiretaps, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, I, I want him to be like a cross. I want him to be like Joel Osteen meets Jason Bourne. All right. If you had a guess of who, because I'm pretty sure it's someone on this show is an agent that's undercover. Nathan, no question. Oh, you think it's Chandler? <laughs> I, mean, it's Chandler. Really? I think it might be just because he like laughs it off like it's a big deal, huh. but it's also Nathan. Yeah. Nathan, yeah. Chandler. Yeah, really Nathan just sits here and watches like Netflix. You, you know what the weird, you know what the weird thing is that ever since ever since uh, Nathan started working at Relevant, there's been like a, a, a florist van with all these satellites on it parked outside the office. Every yeah, day. yeah. Uh, and Cable I see him go get again. quote unquote deliveries from that van all the time. Yeah. One time I went out to go check out it, and it just sped off. It peeled yeah. its tire and sped off. I don't. I mean, I, look, correlation isn't necessary causality. I don't know. I'm just saying that van is creeping me out. It is. Funny. Outside of my house, too. That is like a movie trope, isn't it? And even like shows as recently as like The Sopranos, there was just a, it just said like cable company. You're right. like, who on earth would just say cable yeah, company just name. and would just sit out there? Like, who would not notice that? All right, well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Anthony Anderson joins us.
You're listening to Chick Chick Chick. The song is "And Anyway It's Christmas." If you're trying to Google it, it's three exclamation points. But don't be those people who call it three exclamation points. It's Chick Chick Chick. Well, this week's feature interview is brought to you by Kiva. This holiday season, give a gift that lights up lives around the world. A Kiva card gives your loved ones the chance to back the dreams of refugees, small business owners, students, and those needing a chance on Kiva.org, the world's largest crowdfunding platform for social good. The best part is that on Kiva, you give a loan, not a donation. So as your friends and family get repaid, they can continue to recycle the Kiva card credit to fund more individuals. In small $25 increments, Kiva's growing global community of 1.6 million lenders have crowdfunded $1 billion in loans with a 97% repayment rate. Proof of a compelling mission and a sustainable model. You may have heard the phrase, if you teach a man to fish, you can feed him for a lifetime. Kiva's borrowers already know how to fish. They just need a little money to buy a net. Join in the movement and give the gift of opportunity today at kiva.org slash relevant. That's K-I-V-A dot org slash relevant. I love that stuff. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. This week, Blackish was nominated for the Golden Globe for the year's best comedy TV series. And its star and creator, Anthony Anderson, was nominated for best actor in a TV comedy. In the current issue of Relevant, we spoke with Anthony about how the hit series came together, the nuanced way that they tackle important social issues, and why his personal faith is so important to the series in his own life. Here is Anthony Anderson. I feel like there's kind of a uh, demarcation among TV viewers right now. There's there's like prestige television, like uh, like the Better Call Sauls and the Handmaidens, and then there's network TV and sitcoms that are just kind of funny and they're they're goofy and they're they're kind of comfort food. I feel like Blackish really is one of the few shows, maybe the only show that really balances between those two, that walks both of those lines or, or straddles those categories. Is that something you guys intentionally set out to do or is it just sort of a, an organic, natural byproduct of you guys who create the show? A uh, combination of, 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 of all of that. You know, when Kenya and I sat down five years ago, we looked at the landscape of television and what was missing for us as viewers. And we both were where we both are huge Norman Lear fans. And, you know, we looked at how television shaped us and, and shaped our, our our ideas and ideology and whatnot as viewers and, and just young men. And we wanted to make shows like that, that had social commentary that was rooted in something and had a point of view and, and was funny. And we took a page from Norman Lear, we took a page from Cosby, and we're just authentic to ourselves and telling these stories that that we tell. And I think that is what is resonating with our audience. They see us and they look at our family and they see themselves. They see their, their family in, in the Johnson family. When you guys started making the show back in like 2014, was it a hard sell for, for the networks to, to be like, we want to make a funny show, but we want to tackle real issues. We want to, we want to take issues seriously. Do you, I feel like that would have been a, a difficult thing to impress on a place as, as big and broad as ABC's audience. Was it hard for you guys? It wasn't hard for us at all. You know, we, we only took it to five networks. We took it to NBC, ABC, Fox, USA and FX and everybody wanted to buy the show in the room and the show that we pitched them 
is the show that you're watching today. Nothing has changed from our original idea or, or from our original pitch. The pilot episode that you saw is the show that we pitched to every network. And, you know, we went in telling them this is the show that we want to make. These are the stories that we're going to tell. And uh, everybody was on board from the beginning and didn't want to change anything about what we had pitched them and what we were going to do. Given the amount of support that you have from the network and and uh, obviously you guys' ability to tackle big issues, is there anything that you would like to see the show take on in the future? Any issues that you feel like would be that Blackish is especially well-suited to take on that you guys haven't dealt with explicitly yet? Well, we don't know. You know, we're, it's not like we're law and order and we're snatching, you know, headlines out of the papers like, oh, let's talk about this. What we pride ourselves on is dealing with divisive topics that will bring a group of people to the table that have different philosophies. And our show and the subject that we're dealing with will be the catalyst of this conversation. And by the end of that conversation that they have, hopefully they leave that table have a, having a better understanding of the person that they sat across from. You know, we want to do shows and talk about things that are organic to these characters and to this family. This family and our show has a very distinctive point of view and we wanted we, we will continue to talk about things that you know affect our community but more importantly affect this family and how they deal with that from racism to sexism to ageism to the n-word to uh, gun violence you know to, to mental health uh, homosexuality we, we deal with it all and I, I think we deal with it very, I'm not going to say gently, but, you know, we deal with it from every point of view. So everyone has, has an opportunity to voice their opinion, good, bad, or indifferent about it. And I think, we, I think we're very fair in that, in, in dealing with things and how they affect our family and our community. So there's not a subject that's out there that, you know, is like, oh, we, we're jumping at the bit to talk about. You know, we we will talk about it organically and, and, and fit it in how it fits in with, with, with our characters and with our story. Is that a struggle? Because you do strive for a, a really good balance between multiple viewpoints, no matter what the subject is. Is it ever hard to find a a fair side to the to a, the other side of the argument? Maybe something that isn't something that necessarily you on the cast agree with, but you still want to give voice to. Is that difficult or does that also come naturally? It's never difficult when you're dealing with truth and honesty. And if you have a balance of all of that, and, and that starts in the writer, the writer's room, and that's, that, that starts with our team. Uh, we have a very eclectic group of writers, very talented group of writers. Men, women, people of color, people with, with different sexual orientations. So our writer's room actually reflects the world in which we live in. And that's another thing that I believe, you know, keeps our show fresh and, and, and keeps our show in the forefront of shows to watch on television because our writer's room is reflective of the community and the world in which we live. That's reflective of how we will create and write these stories and tell these stories. 
When all is said and done, what do you, uh, what, what would you hope, or if you got to choose, what would you like for your legacy to be as a, as an actor, as a performer? That as he stood on the shoulders of those who came before him, he stood side by side and shoulder to shoulder with those who were there with him so that the next person could stand on his shoulders and bring the next generation up. That was Anthony Anderson. Stay tuned up next. Our game, Santa Maybe? to Camila Cabello. The song is Havana featuring Young Thug. Okay, uh, it is time for Jesse's brand new game, Santa Maybe. Jesse, That's you want right. to give us the uh, well, first, the, the could, rules and then I'll introduce the uh, contestants? And if you could dig down a little bit on the title of the game and help us understand what you were thinking when you came up with that, that'd be great too, Jesse. Go for uh, it. It's pretty self-explanatory, Eddie, and really boring. So I'm going to jump right into the rules. And uh, so, so there's a lot of weird Christmas traditions around the world. You know, I mean, when you think about it, we, Santa Claus comes down our chimney every year to give our kids. That's what we tell our kids. We're basically promoting home invasion. <laughs> Once a year. It's pretty weird when you think about it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. I mean, when you really think about it, it's weird and creepy. But a lot more creepy stuff is believed all around the world. So how this game works is I will read you a bizarre Christmas tradition that's practiced, and you have to tell me, your multiple choice answer, what country you think practices that go. bizarre uh, uh, tradition that's actually, I think all of these are way more creepy than ours. But you can be the judge. Uh, okay, so joining us, we have uh, two uh, in-studio uh, contestants uh, today. Uh, big deal. Uh, yeah, it is a this big deal. Happens. This is for, never happened. It's never happened before. This is crazy. Uh, first, uh, I'd like to introduce our, our, the newest member of our editorial team, Leslie Cruz. Welcome. Hello. Oh, thank you. Oh, is Cruz. it Leslie or Leslie? Um, this well, is an in-office debate. No one's ever asked me that. I guess, I guess it's Leslie. I say Leslie. Whoa, 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 whoa. We've well, it's your name. Leslie. We've all been you discussing you it behind guess? your back and taking wow, bets. Wow, really? So, so give us the right answer. Well, no, no. Hmm, I, met, I always say Leslie, right? You know? It's Leslie, and then yeah. I, I met uh, a Leslie in my home group that I hosted at my, at my house, and she was like, it's Leslie. Ooh, see, and she was very particular mm. that's Leslie. And so now I'm very, mm. like, I'm just scared. No. Just tell us what you want and we'll I be I feel we'll weird when people put that much emphasis on the S. Oh, okay. you wanted so to just softly Leslie. move through Leslie. Yeah. Just, just and that's why it. every time I've been talking to Leslie for the last few weeks, I've been saying her name as fast as I can so I can't be wrong. <laughs> hey, how's it going, Leslie? I, I, listen, I wanted to talk to you about something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Leslie, just give me a call when you get a sec. That's, that's how I've been. Also joining us, uh, our, 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 our friend. Uh, our, our, uh, it d- sounds like you're surprised. No, no, no. A non-employee. Yeah. One of my friends is here in the office today. People appreciate you. I have an actual friend. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, Introduce us to your pal. Uh, this is Manny Cabrera. Hey, what's going on? He's Manny. a designer at Under Armour, and uh, he was, you know, it's hanging out with us today here in our office in downtown Orlando. And it's that, freeloading on the Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. And that's pronounced Manny. 
Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Manny goes uh, way back. We go to basketball games a lot, but mm-hmm. Jesse actually got to know Manny because uh, right. he came up uh, and joined us for that week in Montana. Mm-hmm. We killed a bunch year. of rats together. Yeah. yeah, me and Manny were a savage hunting. Well, it was a trio. It was Craig Detweiler, too. But Manny knows I'm cold blooded out there on the range. <laughs> He's seen me. He's seen me. He's seen me out there. One handed shotguns. It is the most like uh, fish out of water kind of experience you could have. Uh, You know, having Jesse and Manny and a filmmaker uh, out there roaming Montana fields trying to heavily armed. Yeah. Yeah. Manny, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to CrossFit, I wear a pair of Under Armour shorts. Did you design them? No, I just do t-shirts. He does the shirts. Oh, that's a lot cooler. So so when we were in Montana, we stopped this massive sporting goods store, right? And you walk in, and there's this massive Under Armour Mm -hmm. section. And I'm like, all right, all right, Mr. Big Shot. Here's, you know, a thousand pieces of Under Armour apparel. What did you actually design? And, And like this front display is like, that, 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 That's that, gotta that, be neat that, though, right? It's not so, that many people that work there. It's all, uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you're like one of, one of, <laughs> one of like 10, 10 people. That's really neat. Yeah. yeah. Cool job. So, so if you, uh, if you're, if you see somebody wearing a under, under armor shirt, yes. uh, Manny probably designed it. Who designs so. their shoes? That's my question. <laughs> a totally uh, different department. Small, yeah, small team. <laughs> True. True. They, they hear from us internally. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What do you think about the white chef curries? Oh, God. I, I saw yeah, that. Please saw comment on those Ross yesterday. It was yeah. I mean, there, there were people internally who even before that shoe came out told them, no, don't do it. It's awful. Really? Yeah. I mean, people don't listen. It's, I mean, if you've worked at a major corporation, there's, no. there's tons of different departments and, you know, not everybody gets along. And so everybody's their biggest critic where you, you'll look at something and say, this is trash. And people will say, well, you know, it's already at the factory. We're already producing it. Nobody wants, nobody wants to slow down even when you tell them something is trash. Do people say that about your work? No. I mean, no, we have time, but I, I'm very open to criticism. I actually, you know, am really quick to be like, Hey, do you hate this or love it? And you know, a lot of times you'll learn, but in footwear, it takes about a year and a half to make something. So once the wheels get going, yeah, true. people don't want to slow down. Hey, maybe that'll help Under Armour shoes. Add wheels. Yeah. Manny, just this is just bring question. wheelies to the NBA. <laughs> that's right. what, that's yeah. what is missing. Mm, that sounds safe. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's time for the game. Uh, Santa, maybe. Uh, so, Jesse, you're going to ask the questions. Eddie will keep score. And uh, oh, Leslie, boy. you're I'm, up first. I have already stopped Oof. keeping score. Leslie, where did you go to school before this? Or what did you do with your life? Um, I went to UCF. I graduated in May. Okay, so, go ninth. Well, that's yes. exciting. The yes. largest university excited. in the country right there. Yeah, football team's doing really well right now. Undefeated. So. Mm, yeah. That's right. Peach, Peach Bowl's Bowl. coming up. It's gonna Are you be going? good. Are you I am going? going. Are you really? I'm going. Ooh, how fun! This is also me deferring from keeping score. I'd rather just learn about people. Okay, cool. So, cool. anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> All right, Leslie. In this country, Santa is joined by a fur-covered mountain man named Belschnickel, who wears a mask with a large tongue and is used as Santa's disciplinarian to warn disobedient kids to shape up. This is what we need in this country. Oof. These kids are out of control. We need a Belschnickel. <laughs> is that in France, Belgium? Austria or Russia? Ooh. Oof. That yeah. sounds like Belgium, I would yeah. say. Right? I, I'm going Austria. Am I wrong? I mean, you really only have two or four. Yeah. I think it's Austria. It's got to be one of those Maybe. Two. Cameron, you are correct. It is Austria. Wow. You know, oh, you know what made me think of? Uh, the office. I think Dwight would bring in Belschnickel uh, yeah. customs. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have zero, but don't Darn. be deterred. There's plenty of right. time. All right, Manny. In this country, the job of Christmas gift giving falls to... <laughs> La Bafania, 
An old Oof. woman who is said to be, have given shelter to the three wise men on their journey to Bethlehem. However, she is depicted as a hag in a black shawl who rides a broomstick and will hit children who spy on her. There's really? a lot of weird characters that hit children with sticks <laughs> right. among international Christmas traditions. Is it Russia, Italy, Turkey, or Costa Rica? Oof. La Bafania. I'm going to go Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah good choice. Like... It's Italy. Uh, that was second. Yeah. yeah. He rolled well, that in a little bit to try to freak us out, but no, no, no I mean, one has uh, anything. In every other country, Christmas is basically a horror movie. Like in this country <laughs> that has dead, uh, yeah, dead morals, uh, who is the name of an old man who used to be a vicious sorcerer, uh, but learned the error of his ways and now rides on a horse-drawn carriage on Christmas with his daughter, the Snow Maiden. Uh, atoning for past evil deeds <laughs> by giving gifts to children. Where is he from? <laughs> Eastern Europe, Latin America, South Africa, or Central Asia? Let the spirit be your guide. Was this my turn? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, I mean, it is just, you know, a shot in the dark. C- Central Asia? The correct answer is Eastern Europe. <laughs> Wow, I'm really bad at this. <laughs> well, I, nobody's <laughs> gotten any. Nobody's, nobody's good at this. This game is completely impossible. That's no, true. We're asking a bunch of Americans about what happens yeah. in the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, we don't care about the rest of the world. We're Americans. <laughs> we love us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know the reindeer. I could yeah. do that. Ricky. All right, go for it. Roddy, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. <laughs> hey, Manny, they get a lot creepier from here. Uh, <laughs> I want to introduce you to <laughs> the Whipping Father. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, Lord. Who is said to join Santa on his rounds in the country, <sighs> serving as the bad cop for misbehaving children. He is said to have met St. Nicholas back in the 1100s. Oh, man. I don't even want to get into his backstory. Let's just say people were eaten in a stew. Santa brought the, the people back to life, and the Whipping Father felt so bad that he teamed up with Santa to make amends. And, uh, you know, punishes uh, lying children. Good Lord. Is that in Argentina, Scandinavia, Greenland, or France? Oof. Scandinavia? I'm feeling you. I'm sorry. That is a French tradition. That's man. a French tradition. You should have known when one of the punishment was cooking people in stew. It had yeah. like a culinary <laughs> thing. Stew is huge in France. Yeah. They're a big stew country. Hey, big score update. No one's gotten anything because this game's impossible. Gonna, zero okay, to zero. From here on, I'm narrowing them down to two, to two answers. It's basically 50 It's better. Right. All right, Leslie. This one has a, like more, of a, more of a Christian twist to it. Okay. okay? Uh, it, a Christmas still, thing with a Christian twist? It's still it's still pretty creepy. In the 1500s, this one was from Martin Luther. He tried to overthrow the secular influence of Santa Claus by creating a new Christmas time gift giver known as Christkind, literally translated to Christ the Child. It was literally a baby Jesus <laughs> who otherwise acted like Santa. So they believe that baby Jesus himself enters your home every year to give you presents. <gasps> That's even weirder. Um, and it still remains popular right. in this How country. I'm, I'm just going to give you two choices here. Okay. Is it Iceland or Brazil? I mean, I feel like some interesting things go on in Iceland, right? I'm going Brazil. Really? I know. It's follow your gut. Don't listen to him just because he's your boss. You follow what I just think the I mean, whole I'm already Catholic, losing. I don't really Catholic, have anything to it's lose It's a Catholic here. country, the strong Jesus stuff. Well, technically, you're tied. So. But Martin Luther is the one who established it, right? That's what I'm saying. He's not Catholic. I say Iceland. I still go, I still go Latin America. <laughs> it's Brazil. Man, Dang it. Your next question I really wanted Cameron to be wrong. Chance. No, <laughs> even close. 
So yeah, I still don't even know what Jesus is. Yeah. So, uh, update Cameron has two. <laughs> <laughs> no one else has gotten anything. You are right, unintentionally winning this game. This is 50 50 here. Right, you here better go, watch man. out. Come on, you man. better not cry. You better not move at all because this Christmas gift giver can <laughs> literally smell fear. Meat <laughs> Grompus is a black oh, Blackford bloodthirsty monster, monster who Santa sticks on any unlucky kids uh, that make it onto the naughty list. Um, he He's, he's he carries a burlap sack around and is literally a terrifying monster that walks around at Christmas time with Santa. All right, two choices, Manny: the nation of Hungary or the nation of Germany. Oof, we're going Germany with yeah. Dwight Schrute. Oh, that's straight German. Mm-hmm. That has to be right, <laughs> guys. It's from Hungary. Oh, <laughs> no. Germany feels that like that was just TV custom show. fit for them. <laughs> it's fear-inducing. It's terrifying. So th- we're essentially going to sudden death here. <laughs> And if, it? basically, sudden death is if anybody gets anything, you win the game. <laughs> I would love to get one right. I would love for that. <laughs> either of you. I would love it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, in this country, the role of Santa is actually handled by three mischievous elf-like creatures named, known as the Yule Lads, which to me would make a pretty cool indie rock Christmas band, the Yule Lads. <laughs> yep. They've gone uh, in a lot of different carnations from being harmless pests to festive bringers of Christmas cheer, and they're also known, of course, to kidnap naughty yep, children. Yeah, certainly, yeah. Um, there has to be These murder. days, <laughs> they're known for leaving gifts in the shoes of good children on Christmas, though they're often accompanied by the Yuletide cat, a creature who, yes, <laughs> sure. also eats naughty children. Where do these horrific creatures come from? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Leslie, you can do this. Okay. okay. All right. You can do this. Iceland or Scandinavia? Are they different? I feel like that's they're kind of the same. I know. I'm like, wait. They're cold and up there. To be honest, if I had to look at the map, I couldn't find which one. I think they're both like in the Nordic Peninsula or something. Iceland or Scandinavia? Um, ooh. Is it Iceland? No, just with confidence, go with Iceland. Oh, snap. They're from Iceland. Look I at that, Leslie. Right. Oh, we feel proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. I accomplished right, Manny, something. Today. I only have two more questions here. So here's what we're gonna do. I say if I say if you if you get this, it, it, it's a tie, and then Leslie's gonna have a do or die final mm. answer. All right, here we go. Okay. This country ha- has given the job of Christmas present giving to an entire race of creatures known as the Tome, who are small, thin, gnome-like creatures who spend most of their uh, most of the year keeping a friendly eye on family farms um, and 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 the families there. Around Christmas, they take the job of giving gifts. Um, uh, but unlike most folk characters, they aren't shy and they give the gifts to kids in person. So I don't know how the parents like fake that. I don't know if, you know, they dress up as these little elves. But uh, anyway, is that in Scandinavian countries or is it in Portugal? Ooh. Oof. Ooh. There's no way to distinguish what Ome that is. is Ome. But what Let's is that go even? Portugal. Scandinavian. <laughs> this is the hardest game in the world. Oh, you just wanted to use free Wi-Fi, and now I you're just getting so. demolished on a podcast. Just fix all that in post and yeah, yeah. pretend that we got those right. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, I think you, I think you ran away with this. You have Hello. proven to be a master of geography and world history, yeah. wow. and, uh, international mythology here by winning this game. Congratulations! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, congratulations. Well, thank you, Cameron. Two, Leslie. One, Manny. Was it was a joy. But he got here. free Wi-Fi. He's a <laughs> nice I mean, man. He yeah. did get free Wi-Fi. Really nice. Well, good either way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for Santa. Maybe. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. Your hand on my side, leading away. 
to Matt Carney. The song is Face to Face, his new single. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, okay, last week on the show, we asked you for the question of the week. We wanted to do something a little more heartwarming, a little more uh, good and positive mm-hmm. in this time of year. Uh, we asked you, what's your favorite Christmas tradition? You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. Uh, Charlie says, I, I like to think of the season of Advent better than Christmas itself uh, because it has all the sacred songs. So Charlie listens to Advent songs like Come Thou Long Expected Jesus and even not actual Christmas songs um, uh, like Oh Holy Night or not like Oh Holy Night until the week of Christmas. So Charlie likes to listen to old board hymns. Um, <laughs> not good feedback, Charlie. <laughs> just kidding that's great that's great <laughs> hey can i sorry eddie before you and andre go can i bring one other piece of feedback that um i thought was cool ryan george did you guys see what he he sent us on twitter no he he was on this kind of camping expedition uh with a group oh. of people that went to antarctica no i and chatted he with took, him he took the black friday episode to antarctica with him and listened to it while camping and he wants to know does that give us all seven continents oh, i'd have sure. to refer to analytics but i'm pretty confident it does yeah. i mean that's cool that is cool yeah he even posted a picture he posted a picture on Twitter, and it appeared, I can't confirm, but it, it, if, if I had to picture what Antarctica looked like in my head, that's what it looks like. So thanks for doing that, man. That's awesome. I hope you listen to some old boring hymns while you're up there, too, to get in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Come thou long expected All Jesus. them in now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, on your knees. Yeah, let's just be honest. Those songs are very depressing. I'm. I want you know some Bing Crosby at my Christmas, but that's just me. So Trisha says that we'll be opening gifts on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas morning. Then in the morning we plan to bake a birthday cake and celebrate that Jesus is born. Fine, that sounds great. Hey, I anything mean, to excuse to eat cake in the morning, I'm yeah, all about it. That's I'm basically a like mor- idea. morning cake is like <laughs> what I call retirement. Isn't that just a muffin? Morning cake? Yeah, it could also be morning brownie. It's all the same thing. Mm, it's just yeah. in different forms. People are like, hey, why are you why are you eating cake in the morning? It's happy birthday, Jesus. Don't worry about it. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 if I've read the Gospels, like if I know the Gospels like I think I do, I would think Jesus would want me to eat cake any more than I want and give him credit for it. So I like that, Trisha. I think I need to incorporate that. I'm just going to celebrate Jesus' birthday any day of the year and just eat cake in the morning. It's kind of like your communion. Do this in remembrance of him. Brian said that his <laughs> wife reads uh, the best Christmas pageant ever. I've never, uh, mm, never, never heard, heard of that either. But he says, Brian says that um, his words, he cries openly oh and violently for hours. Wow. <laughs> Is that what he says? <laughs> no. Uh, no, he says he just cries at the end of the book. But I, oh. I interpret it a little bit. He says bit. his wife cries at the end of the book. Yeah, Brian weeps 
to the point of almost exhaustion and vomiting <laughs> every single year. Well, it's also because they're playing the song Christmas Shoes while she reads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just very disturbing If you tale. sync them up, it's like The Wizard yeah. of Oz yeah. and uh, Dark Side of the Moon. That's right. <laughs> if you read the... Gr- <laughs> Andres, did you read did you read rachel's this one seems pretty nice i did read it um not out loud but i will now the way i stay grounded she says joyful and ready for true christmas is by reading richard Rohr's preparing for christmas advent devotional i can't believe it's been over nine years now i've been reading this little book it's covered in well-loved coffee and breakfast stains and the words are familiar and yet it still surprises me calls me deeper and to wake up the meaning of advent she says in parentheses, to grow and be challenged with how I live, love, and view Jesus Christ and his birth. Can, can I ask Who's real quick? getting an casserole yeah, over yeah, a book? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What's going on in her kitchen? She's right. using it. Clearly, she's using it as a plate. Yeah. yeah. She lost me. You don't, put, you, don't put your, you don't put your sunny side up eggs on the book. I get a drip of coffee every once in a while. I understand that. I don't know. But on the eggies? book? Just a whole link of sausage in there from the year before? <laughs> Wake up, so, people. So, guys, I think I think what we need to do here is really put this into practice. I think we need to see how moving these really are. Cameron, I think you're the type that should read this book every morning. Uh, uh, Eddie and Andre, I see you guys singing uh, songs that came from medieval le- uh, literature yeah. uh, throughout the Advent season. Me? I'm going to try this cake thing. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, give cake, cake for breakfast to Whirl. Christmas and, cake uh, is our just, number you know, one really, gem. Really give credit to, to, to the man upstairs for this idea because I think it's a great <laughs> maybe way to she's, Maybe she's having Christmas cake every morning and mm. she's getting frosting on her fingertips and then that's what's on the book. I realize we've lost the spirit of your, your comment, but I got to say... I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. That's as you're reading this very sincere thing. I'm just I thinking, knew I lost you. how does she have breakfast stains and coffee all over? Her it book? was a very nice sentiment. And then we started talking about how she got food in the book. And <laughs> we <laughs> probably because <laughs> like me, I eat all my food like cookie monster. So I always have food. In and and I, we wonder why less and less people give feedback. It's because we don't, they don't want their cherished memories to be devoured <laughs> by a bunch of dummies. <laughs> yeah. We're like, isn't that sincere? Tainted, funny. tainted much like uh, her book with all the food. Food all over. Yeah, her. Just with her. eggs with egg. Here's the thing. It, it's one thing with like a coffee ring standing right. the outside. If I use it as a coaster. Yeah. Once eggs start getting mashed up in the pages <laughs> yeah. year over year, I think I just buy a new copy. Yeah. Real talk. There's- like. That's I'm not I'm not down for salmonella guys. She uses so. a biscuit as as a uh, as a bookmark. <laughs> bookmark. <laughs> That's what makes it difficult. It just gets mushy. Over well, time. see, she thought it's dry. She didn't realize the paper would extract the juices from the biscuit. That's what she was. It was oh, like, it was why greasy. Does, why does I will respond? say this: if you had if you took if you just like just randomly took a bite of the paper, it would be pretty delicious. It's just it's been absorbing a decade's worth of biscuit grease. It would be. Oh. It would Anyhow, be, Merry Christmas, Rachel. It would be fantastic. Sorry. We really. Do did appreciate your comment. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. Boom, but I just I, liked now it. I'm obsessed with licking a page out of that book just to see what that would taste like. But uh, well, Richard's good. Richard Rohr's thoughts are delicious. So, I, um, I savor them. <laughs> All right, uh, there's a lot more feedback where that came from. Go check it out uh, without our commentary on the uh, podcast episode page and on Twitter. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, it's uh, that time of year again here at Relevant at the end of every year uh, for the last 15, 16, 17 years. Uh, we, the, we have a lot of fun putting together our best of year-end lists. Uh, some of the most uh, popular content we publish and uh, it is heavily discussed. Um, and we have a hard, we internally debate it. I mean, it's like we have meetings about making these top 10 lists. Um, mm-hmm. And so this year we thought we would open it up and, and involve you guys. 
we publish uh, over the next couple of weeks on, on relevantmagazine.com, we'll be publishing the top 10 albums of the year, actually top 20 or 30. We're doing top 30, 30. this year. We're I doing three-part series. I love mm-hmm. that list. Uh, we're doing the top 20 movies, right? Yep. And the top 10 books. Uh, if you want to chime in, we would love to hear your thoughts and your favorite uh, releases that happened this year. And and I would say to Rachel, yeah. if you end up chiming in, we will be much more delicate with your feedback next Unless week. Unless she says, I love this book that I got this year, but I had I got dinner but stains all over it. it. Yeah. Yeah, that is really true. <laughs> I mean, you get a you got a pancake page. That's not our problem. Right? <laughs> a delicious pancake page. A <laughs> uh, whole book she puts in a waffle press every year and it just Covers it with syrup. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. We, we, know, <laughs> we want to know your best of list. Hit us up on Twitter uh, at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer ones on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, we're specifically, we want to know, you can pick one of these. You could do all of them, whatever, but your favorite albums of the year, favorite books of the year, uh, favorite movies of the year. And then for Eddie, a wild card category. Yeah. You make up your own best of the year best list. Best fill in the blank, whatever it is of the year. Of 2017, love to hear it. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even going to lead the witness on that. I'm just curious yeah. what you have to say, and, Rachel. Uh, uh, it'll be fu- it'll be fun to read read these on the show next week. It'll be great. Yeah, it'll be great. all right. Uh, well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. Many thanks to this episode's sponsors for making the show possible. Remember, you can go over to SamaritanMinistries.org uh, to find out more about their healthcare sharing program. Um, Remember, one-person membership started just 100 bucks a month. Uh, two people at 200 and three and more start at 250 Also, thanks to Squarespace. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. And Kiva, join in the movement and give the gift of opportunity today at kiva.org slash relevant. Thanks also to Anthony Anderson for talking to us. Make sure to pick up um, the current issue of Relevant and read that cover story with him. Uh, It's phenomenal. Um, It's just a a phenomenal piece about his faith and how it directly impacted the show. And if you don't watch Blackish, you need to. You know, I know we published a uh, a piece on the site this week saying that another show was the most important show of 2017. (laughs) I disagreed because I think Blackish is. It is or would be my pick for that for 2017. The way that through comedy, it definitely uh, navigates uh, really difficult and important social issues and also faith in a way that and it's a genuinely not heavy handed, fun and engaging show. And Anthony Anderson is uh, a big part of that. So yeah. go check out that cover story. Thanks to him for talking to us. You can follow him on Twitter at Anthony Anderson. Hey, if you're looking for a good Christmas gift other than the Kiva thing, yeah, uh, Relevant is doing uh, some uh, special offers right now. You can give a year, uh, give a year long subscription to Relevant. It's a gift that keeps on giving, mm-hmm. and um, you can go over to relevantmags.com and see those uh, special deals that are happening now through Christmas. And if you're a procrastinator and you forgot to go to the store, just do it yeah. the night before and print it out, and there like, you go. P.S. Bam. By the time you hear this show, it's a little too late. For other shopping, yeah, Kiva, yeah, you need to you need to go digital at this point. Yeah. And you really should just do Kiva and relevant. Everybody Kiva be way, relevant. way happier yeah. than whatever junky thing. You Amazon Prime now, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffelt. I'm Andre Henry. I'm Jenna Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. All right. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. trees decorate the house with lights at night snows on the ground snow white so bright in the fireplace is the yule log beneath the mistletoe as we drink eggnog the rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of carols but each and every year we bust christmas carols more of you in my life